bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. Follow us on Twitter at iGuestInfo. Send us your questions and we'll try to answer. Now enjoy the show. Welcome back. Today we have another great show for you. Um, in the first half, we're going to be talking with the executive producer, Pat Arabito, of this uh, award-winning film, Hell and Mr. Fudge, and we're going to bring on the star, Mackenzie Aston. We're going to talk to him. And this has just a great lineup in it with a cast for this film. We're going to talk to Pat a lot about that and how she was able to secure all these big names for this a fantastic film that is coming your way, so you're going to want to stay tuned for that. And then in the second half of the show, we're going to have Irish singer, songwriter, school teacher Andy McCarroll is going to come on. He has some thoughts that he's been putting to uh, words with what he sees going on in the United States, so that's going to be interesting as well. A couple weeks ago, if you remember, we had uh, the amazing Oscar winner, Patty Duke, on. And during that conversation, she mentioned that her son, Mackenzie, uh, had just uh, starred in a film called Hell and Mr. Fudge. And we talked a, a bit about that on the show. And it sparked an interest in me, and it sparked an interest with a lot of you guys. And you wanted me to follow up on that, and personally, I wanted to follow up on it as well, too. So I tracked everybody down, and uh, the first person we're going to have on is Pat Arabito. She is the executive producer of this film, and it was written by Donald Davenport. And again, we'll, we'll go through kind of the, the, the setup of this. Um, this. This film takes place back in the 19... It, it's set in, in the 1970s. And Edward Fudge is um, commissioned, so to speak, to find out if hell really exists. So I'll let Pat kind of take it from there. We'll bring her in, and we'll we'll get the conversation started. Thanks, Pat, for coming on. Hi, Lori. I'm really delighted to be here. Do you want me to this story a little bit? Yes. Yes, go ahead. Sure. Edward Fudge was and is a real person, still alive. And like you said, he was actually hired to search and see what the Bible really teaches about the existence of hell and whether God really burns people forever if they don't get to go to heaven. He himself believed that. He was what they call a traditionalist. That's that's the traditional view. And he didn't think he'd find anything different than what he had already believed when he took up the research. Um, The whole story was, uh, was a challenging experience for him. He lost his job. He um, got booted from preaching. You know, he had all kinds of uh, things happen to him during that time period. So it was sort of a, you know, a challenging time in his life. But well, he made it through. Right, which happens to a lot of people. And it's it's great that, that he could kind of document that, you know, along yeah. the way. Because I think everybody has those points in their life. Yeah, we sure do, don't we? Mm-hmm. And sometimes uh, those times in our lives end up being a help or a blessing to other people. That's the mm-hmm. surprising part of it. When when did he write this story? Was it just well, like recently said, that, that he wrote it? Or? It took place in the 70s. He researched for about a year. And, you know, the, the person who hired him wanted him to do really thorough research. Of course, Old and New Testament early and late church fathers, Jewish historians, intertestamental writers. He wanted it to be the most thorough research possible. So after he researched is when he wrote the book. That would have been early 80s when it came out. 
it's on its third edition now, and he's made some changes. In fact, the third edition is kind of fun because he answers the critics of his other two editions. And he told me that there have been no less than 12 books written about his book. So it's made wow. an impact. Mm-hmm. How did you hear about it, Pat? You know, we I had that book in my library from I don't know when. I had the first edition in my library, so I knew about it. But when we started talking about doing something on the subject, we invited him as well as a number of other scholars to meet with us and kind of brainstorm about it. And Jeff Wood, our producer-director, had interviewed him for uh, another television show some years before that, so he was a little bit acquainted with him. We didn't really know his story at the time, but we met together for an afternoon with these people, and you know, we just kind of followed up with him and began to hear his story and thought it was really fascinating. And so... Then you, you guys kind of then you, then you uh, bought the script and kind of just ran with it. What's the reception been? We actually produced the script too. I mean, from we did this from the ground up. We wow. Started talking to him, got his story, went you know went back to where he lives in Texas a number of times just to sit down and and get his story. You know, hired a writer, all that, and you know did it from the ground up. It was you know a period of about. Uh, probably two, three years from the time we started talking to him about it. But the reception now, you asked about, it's been pretty positive. We're actually very positive. A lot of good response from it so far. Well, there's kind of been a, a, a big shift in fundamentalism. Um, of course, you, you probably, you know, there's, there's still the super, super traditionalist, but I think that over time people have kind of loosened their reins on hell being black or white, you're going or you're not type of Mm -hmm. thing. I think there's Mm -hmm. more of a a, a gray area with most of the mainstream population. Um, My my family's from the South, and I I, I grew up with a lot of older fire and brimstone Baptist people in my family, too, and and I had to watch them evolve over over time, as as I think a, a lot of people have with 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 members of their family. I think so, too. It's not really, like, politically correct to think of God as being so cruel right now. And even among Mm -hmm. some of the mainstream religions, like you said, who have preached uh, hellfire and brimstone for years, many of their scholars don't buy it anymore, you know, because it really paints God in a bad light. I think it's really good timing, too, because there's just a lot of talk about it right now. Rob Bell's book mm-hmm. came out what, a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago, whenever it was, and um, <clears throat> there's another documentary that's come out on the subject, and I think people are really talking about it right now, so it's a good time to find out what the Bible really teaches. Well, exactly, and, you know, it. I, I think for a long time people were afraid to kind of speak out as... Um, Mr. Fudge found out when when he started researching himself, he, he wasn't received with open arms either. He, he was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A you lot know, of people went after him. Yeah, basically shunned in his own uh, church, you know, for thirty years. Very, it was not considered a very popular view. And you know, there are people who feel that if you don't have something, you know, to terrify. 
people, you don't have a tool for evangelism. <laughs> so I think it's been the doctrine of eternal torment has been used to control people or to scare people into the church, which I don't really see God being that kind of God. Right, right. Well, you know, um, discipline, to, you know, um, corporal punishment has kind of been a way of thinking for parents with children a lot of times, and then you can, if, if, and the church kind of can regulate that way too when they don't know how to kind of keep people in control. They kind of scare them with the totalitarian sure. way of, of keeping things. But but now we've hopefully we're, we're evolving as a species and we're thinking a little more outside the box and like you said you know more of a loving God and how would God I mean if, if you go right back to the Bible and you go into the New Testament with Jesus I mean Jesus says you know the greatest of all of these things if you walk away with nothing else just remember that the greatest of all these things is love and that's yeah. that's the foundation to start with and yeah, and I always the Bible talks about God's justice and his mercy. And if you look at, at it in that light, you know, if God truly is just and truly is merciful, how could it possibly be justice to torment someone, to keep them alive in fire for eternity for 70 years of sin? You know, it doesn't right. make any sense. It's right. That obviously couldn't be just. Exactly. Much merciful. Exactly. <laughs> I never even thought of it about that way, but yes, you're right. You know, it's been eternity for just a, a very a blink of an eye for here on uh, for here on earth. Yeah. But, you know, as a parent, I mean, I've got children. Right. I could never. You know, I could. I had to punish my children at times, but you know, you could never ever perpetrate that kind of pain on another human being. How could God, who's much more loving than us, do that? Exactly. Exactly. Where was this film? Because on the trailer, it's very green. (laughs) (laughs) Very green. We filmed it in Athens, Alabama, where the story actually took place. We went back there to do a little scouting, you know, to see if it was a good idea. And, you know, it is beautiful. It's gorgeous there. And the town just opened their arms and welcomed us. <clears throat> Some of Edward's close friends still live there. And there were people who remembered parts of the story that Edward had forgotten that we were able to meet with. So we decided to film it right there, and it was just great. The town supported us. Extras came out. Um, the mayor's office helped us out. Uh, local people, you know, it was just a, it was just the perfect place to do it. We ended up taking it back there um, when it was finished and showing it for free to the town as a gift of thanks to them. And we ended up having to show it three times to accommodate all the people who wanted to see it. That's great. We had an amazing cast. I wanted to talk about that a little bit. You you had so many great people sign on to this film, uh, starting with, of course, uh, Mackenzie Aston, who's going to join us a, a little bit later, um, Carrie Lynn Pratt. Wes Robertson, John Wesley Shipp. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And I wanted to say, um, people can go to HelenMrFudge.org and find out more information and, 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 and look at the trailer themselves and be able to see it. Um, 
where, where are we at with with the distribution of this film, and how can people see it, or um, how can they get a hold of it? Yeah, we haven't officially released it yet, but we are doing pre-release screenings across the country, kind of testing the waters and seeing what kind of response we get. And we actually don't have a specific release date yet. It will most likely be next month, and we'll let everyone know that. As it is now, you just have to go to the website and look at our schedule to see where it's showing. And uh, you're actually showing it in a lot of churches itself. We're showing it in a few churches. We're showing it in theaters. We're even showing it in some little towns where there is no theater and the local people want it, and we work with them to bring it to another kind of public venue. Some little towns are bringing it to their school gym or Mm -hmm. places like Mm -hmm. that. So, yeah, we um, we work with local people to bring it, and we've had a really good success with that because there's a lot of support, you know, for a, a screening when we do it that way. In fact, if anyone's interested, they can contact us through our website, and we'd let them know how it works and what needs to be done. And then the, the cast, so let's talk about the cast a little bit because you just, like I said, you just had an amazing uh, uh, cast that showed up for this film directed by... Jeff Wood, but then again, Donald Davenport wrote it, and then um, Mackenzie Aston signed on, um, Gary Grubbs, Victor McKay, Sean McGowan, um, you know, the list just goes on and on. Um, tell us about your experience working with with these with this great lineup of actors. Well, of course, first is casting. We we cast through Craig Capabasso there in L.A. for our leads, and. Um, Mac and Carrie Lynn actually auditioned together, and they were just great. You know, they were first choice right off the bat. Did so well together. We uh, cast back in Huntsville for our local cast, and um, Gary Grubbs came in there, and John Wesley Ship, Sean McGowan, and Wes Robertson came from out in California. And you know, there was such a sense of teamwork. Part of what I love about production is the kind of teamwork that develops between cast and crew and everyone working together just to make it the very best. And we had that, you know, that synergy of people just working hard, loving what they were doing, doing a fantastic job. You come to love these people that you work with. You know, we we filmed for 15 days, long days, so we were together <laughs> a lot and got to know each other and just had such a you know, such a really tremendous experience together. Well, it seemed like that everybody just really gelled and it was a, kind of a natural fit. It, it, you know, it, so. it really did seem like all those people knew each other and, you know, there was a real relationship there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, they, uh, the cast would work together early morning and late at night on their parts before they had to do it the next day. So they, um, <clears throat> you know, they gelled that way. You know, then they'd hang out together. Um, yeah, there was just really, of course, we were all away from home, so you're doing everything together. And then the community members who pitched in and helped us became part of that team, too. Well, yeah, because since you were filming right where it, it took place, it's that, that had to kind of rub off maybe just a little bit that you were able to pick up some of that local flair and the the, 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 the yeah, the, the the vibe of, of what was going on there. 
I think so. You know, and the controversy that had existed there in the 80s, amazingly, still exists to some extent. We ran into, um, you know, both sides from back mm-hmm. then. One of our cast even was a little nervous about having her picture put up on our website too soon because she was afraid uh, of her family's reaction when they found out she was in the film. There was a a local preacher who was really worried about what we were going to say. I think he was afraid we were going to make his church look bad or um, he he felt like we were maybe going to be dishonest with the story or something and published a big letter in the newspaper and sent emails to us about it. So it was really interesting to actually pick up the flavor of the conflict 30 years later. Well, yeah, um, I I think that there is, you know, a... um maybe a little bit of distrust about what Hollywood, when Hollywood comes to town. <laughs> <What's gonna happen? laughs> but yeah, the, 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 see ourselves as, as Hollywood, you know, <laughs> we don't see ourselves in that light. <laughs> well, I, I remember years ago, I, I was working in um, Paris, California, P-E-R-R-I-S, California, and they right came in and they filmed, <laughs> You know where it is. It's um, it it has its own flavor too. Um, but they filmed Calendar Girl there, and it was a really big deal. Jason Priestley was in that movie at that time, and they came and and, and Paris at that time was even was really small. So it's uh, outside of Temecula and like Elsinore's Paris near Riverside, uh, and uh, but it was a big deal for Paris when. Yeah they came and shot that movie and I was working there and I mean, everybody was talking about it and even though it wasn't a huge blockbuster film for Paris and for all of us there it was it it was a, a, a huge deal so, so I can kind of wrap my brain around what they must have been thinking in Athens at that when 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 you guys came in sure sure it was a big deal and it was really fun mm-hmm. cuz we needed extras for our our crowd scenes and our church scenes and it was great for the community to get to be to come and be in the film and then see themselves in the finished product. They loved it. We also needed period cars, and you know the those people in town that were part, or in the area that were part of the car clubs loved bringing their cars from the 60s and 70s to be in the film. So we have some beautiful cars in there. It, it's amazing what local people have hidden away. And, uh, and they just produce it when you ask. All of a sudden, they just start bringing treasures out of the house, like yeah, like you wouldn't believe. It was so true. It was so true. What do you want people to walk away from, Pat, after they see this film? I want people to walk away knowing that God truly is a God of love and compassion, that he's not uh, cruel and vindictive, and that he's not a tyrant. That's the bottom line. In the film, we we really have two themes in the film. We have the theme of what happens to the lost, and we have the theme of grace, that God's grace is big enough for everyone, that it's meant for everyone, that God is a God of compassion. Well, that's that's the way I perceive God. being merciful and graceful, and that's a great way for us to pattern our life and try to remember that and, and keep that as a focal point in our life when we're 
going through the human experience day after day after day, it's very easy for us to fall into, I would do this better or or worse or, it, you know, to judge other people. Um, and and I think it's a conscious effort to, to try to stay focused on, on, on what, what the true message is about God, and, and that's mm-hmm. love. I to- totally agree. And part of the strength of our film, I think, is that Edward himself lived with that kind of grace and exhibited that kind of grace. You know, when he went through the challenges of of losing his job, you know, he responded with grace. And he even says in the film, you know, I, I can't be mad at those people. They've been so good to me. And I think his life exhibited that grace that's that's so part of the character of God. I had a man and it's so- the screening came up to me and he says, You know what I got out of this film? He says, What I got out of this film was that God is really good and I want to be like that. And I thought, Yes, that's our goal and he got it. Mhm. Well that's that's you know, what we all say we strive for, but then putting it into practice is a totally different thing. And so it's good to be reminded, you know? Yeah, and, because and inspired by people who ex- you know, who live that. Yes, yes, definitely. And those people it's great when they speak out and they write and then they make movies just like you're doing because it, it, it just gives us reminders on the path. It's like little breadcrumbs, you know. You just yeah. you keep following, you keep following, you keep following, you know, and you have these little reminders along the way <laughs> that kind of keep you, you know, going towards the goal of love and grace and, you know, yeah. trying to make... It's so true. You, we don't realize either how much impact the, the little grace that we have has on people around us. You don't know you're being watched. You know, at the time, I'm sure it never entered Edward's mind that the way he was responding to the things that were happening in his life would bless other people someday or would reflect what God is really like to people. You never know. Well, especially when he was going through it and he was under the fire at that time. I mean, it took a long time for him to see the benefit, 30 years, for him to (laughs) kind of see this whole thing play out. It probably didn't feel so good at the time. Uh, Absolutely not. (laughs) It was a very rough experience for him and his family. You know, they all suffered. His friends said the best thing they ever did was move out of town. That's that's harsh. <laughs> yeah. But when you have to move. Life. <laughs> <laughs> when you have to move, things are not well, you know, exactly. when it comes to that point. And, and back then it was harder to move than it is today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what's been Mr. Fudge's reaction to the film? You know, he uh, when we first showed it to him, before it was finished, we were still in post, we brought him in and showed it, and, and he cried. He's a real Aww. tender, emotional man anyway, and he just he just cried. You know, the thought that his story would have meaning um, later and and could be something really meant a lot to him. And he's just, you know, totally on board. He loves it. He, You know, we became so close to him through all of this. We love him. He's dear to our hearts. He loves us. We're kind of like family. And he's really thrilled that the film and that the story of his life can, can have meaning and can do something good. 
Well, it's probably a full circle moment for him. I think so. Yeah, I think so. That's amazing. Amazing. We showed it, um, we screened it in his hometown. He was near Houston. Um, In fact, it's been shown there a couple of different times. And for him to see it in his hometown with the people that he's, that are part of his circle now, you know, was really tremendous. Well, good for him because, you know, he's, he, he, he gets redeemed publicly. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's true. His book also has is considered one of the most authoritative books on the subject now. It's very highly respected in scholarly circles. You know, it's a it's a very in depth research on on the subject, and his book has been very redeeming too. He's highly respected. Did you get him to sign your first edition book? <laughs> you know. I don't think I did, but I do have a third edition book signed by him. He also wrote another <laughs> book that goes along with the film. It's a much smaller book, and it it tells more of his own personal journey. And that book's titled Hell, uh, Hell, A Final Word. Much easier for the average person to read than the research book. Yeah. But, you know, if anyone really wants to know specifically and exactly what the Bible teaches about the fate of the lost. The Fire That Consumes, which is the book that came out of his research, is the book to read. There's no, You can have no question about it after you read that book. The Fire That Consumes? The Fire That Consumes. That's one of his books, and he also has Hell, the Final Word, so people can mm-hmm. find that. And does, does, does he write under the, the, the last name of Fudge? Mm-hmm, Edward Fudge. See, so that's easy to remember. How how can we forget that? That's that's a name you don't <laughs> as forget. He says in the film, as he says in the film, as good as it tastes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am looking forward to this coming out and being able to see the whole thing. I've seen the trailer online. Uh, I'm just a, a fan of the film. I can't wait to see it. Uh, um, the, 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 this whole genre of of uh, Christian films is is new and. And and, uh, and growing, I think. Yeah, I think so too. And, you know, it's a it's a Christian film. It's also just a wonderful human interest story. Here's something else that's interesting to me. I, I read a a Pew Forum survey that was done in 2008 and said that in the United States, over 60 percent of the people believe that God tortures sinners in hell for eternity. And I think that is really a huge percentage of people that believe that. You know, we need to speak to that. We need yes. to, for one thing, relieve those fears. You know, Mac talked about his mom, Patty Duke, and how, um, you know, she grew up with a fear of eternal torment. And I think many, many people have that fear. And I know people personally who have just thrown God out completely because of being taught that, and they really can't put that idea together with the idea of God being a God of love. You know, they don't fit. So what's the real truth there? What does the Bible really teach? Right. Right. Well, and people have to be afraid not to to uh, to, to go out and look for the answer, that, that that's not a sin mm-hmm. to go looking for the answer. No, absolutely not. It's better to go looking than to just toss God out completely. Exactly. Exactly. Me. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I really like the God of Love figure a lot better than living the God of living in torture and and condemnation and hell yeah. and hell and fire for all eternity. That Me doesn't too. make passing to the other side look very well because who who's going to pass that bar anyway? Well, no one. You know, I mean, we can all look at ourselves and realize if it was a matter of me being good enough, forget it. <clears throat> Exactly. Well, I've always had to say that the, the, uh, I always thought my grandparents were super loving and and uh, as, kind of as, as as close to I saw as being perfect. And I always had joked around that they would dig a hole in the back of heaven when no one was looking and pull me through. <laughs> that was how I was going to get there. <laughs> That's a beautiful picture, isn't it? <laughs> but they loved me so much that they would go to the back and, uh, and and let me in the back door when no one was looking. But it, it's not really like that. I I think that God loves us all infinitely, just like you were saying. Even more as as parents, we we can relate to how much we love our children, and God loves yeah. us more than that. And you know, and uh, yeah. He's going to be just. He made Jesus the door, you know, that we could all come in. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you, Pat, for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time today. We you have a busy schedule. I I was gone last week, and so I'm I'm so grateful that we were able to get together and 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 at least get the word out and have people looking for it. They can go to Hell and MrFudge.org to find out more information and stay up to date. I'm so delighted to be here, Lori. Thank you very much. And also HelenMrFudge.com. There's also a okay. Facebook page, Helen Mr. Fudge Movie on Facebook. And, um, oh, great. Helen Mr. Fudge there. Yes, uh, uh, on the Facebook page. And that was a movie. Got it. Okay, I want to get that out, too. And we have a .com, we have a .org. And then we have the Facebook page. Great. Well, let, we definitely want to support the movie, and we'll be in touch. And I just wish you all the best. Thank you so much, Lori, and all the best to you too. All right. Thanks, Pat. Have a great day. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. That was the executive producer of the movie Hell and Mr. Fudge. We're going to be back in just a moment with the star of Helen, Mr. Fudge, Mackenzie Aston, And uh, you all know uh, Mackenzie is the son of John Aston and Patty Duke, Hollywood legends. Um, that gene pool just pushed out some really great uh, children actors coming right from the parents so the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And we will be right back. I'm going to play Ray Boltz's I Will Choose to Love. You know I'm a big fan of Ray's. Um, We're going to listen to Ray, and I'll be right back with Mackenzie Aston. I will choose to love Though they shake their fists at me And I will be myself And live in authenticity Though they wrap their hatred in a message from above, I will choose to love. And I will choose to care, 
You can find that, of course, uh, on iTunes. You can follow uh, and can get raised music. Anyway, we are back with the star of the film of Hell and Mr. Fudge, Mackenzie Aston, and I am just thrilled to have him on. Um, we just got off the phone with Pat, the producer, and she kind of gave us a background on on the film. and And Mackenzie's going to kind of give us his take on it from. From, from the guy who was actually portraying Mr. Fudge in this film. Thanks, Mackenzie, for coming on. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. From the guy, I should say, from the guy who was lucky enough to play the part of Edward Fudge, because uh, as, as an actor, um, having, a, having a part to play where the, the character is, is, a, is a real hero and a real decent fellow is, is, a, is a very fortunate experience for me. I wanted to ask you about that because Mr. Fudge is a real-life person, and so you had to have that in the back of your mind. He's alive today. He's alive and kicking, and so he's going to be watching what's going on. Yeah, I mean, it can be a little daunting. I think it's the second 
Yes, the second time I've played uh, someone uh, in a film who who is actually a real person who's uh, you know still around, uh, and it, there it is. It can be a little daunting because you, you want to make sure you dot all the I's and, and cross all the T's. And um, I, I had the good fortune to to find a couple of his sermons online uh, that were recorded, and so um, I was able to listen uh, to a couple of sermons of his and get an idea of what he sounded like for starters, uh, but also get an idea of the kind of guy he was. Now, you can tell on a couple of the recordings I heard, you could tell uh, that he's a guy who really relates well to the audience to whom he's speaking. And uh, and then he's a, a genuinely decent fellow. And, and, and again, that's, uh, that is such a treat uh, for an actor for, to portray somebody who's, who's a good guy. Definitely, definitely. Well, what was it about this script that, that really got your attention and, and made you want to, you know, be a part of this film? Well, it's. I mean, there's. Um, there are a couple of things. You know, I, I've been. I've been working as an actor. Uh, well, I should say I've been an actor for uh, a quite a, quite a while now, about 30 years, and I've had the opportunity to play a number of different parts. Um, and I've been fortunate in some ways uh, in, in that the majority, I think, of parts that I've been able to play have been, you know, good guys. I, I noticed a few years back that um, a lot of the heroes you see in the motion pictures that are made in this day and age are heroes because they beat the bad guy up or are heroes because they, uh, they're they quicker on the trigger than than the bad guy. And an opportunity to play somebody who is a hero because of his faith, who is a hero because of the way he includes people, who is a hero because of his lack of judgment of other people um, is, is, you know, what's a, real, what's a real blessing, you know, is one way to put it. And so what stuck out to me when I first read the script is that this is, this is precisely the kind of, of character, of, of hero, really, that I feel like we should be promoting uh, in the entertainment industry. You know, I, I know I know the shoot 'em ups make a whole bunch of money and people uh, get excited to go see them, but there's part of me, I think, um, that is my conscience that worries about the kind of example that we're setting for uh, our younger folks. Um, and so <clears throat> for me as a, let's see, I was a 38-year-old fellow, be able to go work on a part um, where where the hero was 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 such because of his strength of character um, was an incredible experience. So that that's really what stuck out to me. Also, the the, the fellow's struggle. Um, you know, there there are a number of pictures that I've seen throughout my life um, where where the the main character is someone who was up against uh, all odds, and this seemed to be the case with Edward Fudge, where um, the study that he the study, the study that he undertook surprised him so much uh, that it really, and I'm paraphrasing from the film, uh, it, it shook him to his foundation. And what stuck out to me uh, about the character in the script and the guy uh, in real life is that his, his love for his father and his father's teaching um, were paramount. And so uh, he was able to accept what he learned and still have respect for what his father taught him. And so uh, that's something that I was able to draw upon for my own uh, life, and and I feel fortunate to have connected in, uh, to the character in in that way. I think I got I think I got lucky, really. Mm-hmm. Well, as as a public, we say that we want these kind of movies, so it's really up to us to go out and support them when they are made, because we we, we say that this is what we want, and our actions need to line up with our words. Indeed, indeed. You know, but but truly, I feel like we need a little help from the higher ups as well. You know, uh, I, it, it's it, it's a dangerous thing to say 
as an actor and, and kind of a risky position to take, um, you know, to sort of hold oneself to uh, a, a bit of a, a higher standard. And I'm, I'm saying this knowing full well that there is some hip- hypocrisy involved because I, I have to pay the, the rent. Uh, and so, right. um, you know, even even though I, I had the opportunity to play this wonderful part um, last year or a couple years ago when we shot it, um, <clears throat> I, I've, I've also... Uh, in, in the past few months uh, on television, done some things that are uh, reprehensible. <laughs> um, so, uh, what, what I think needs to take place, and, and I think we're getting there as a people. I, I think I think what needs to take place is, is a little bit of maturity in terms of uh, the kinds of stories we're willing to tell. You know, I, I liken it in some ways to uh, the diet in this country. That for a long time, we were happy to stuff our faces with whatever tasted good. And it has become evident to us that the the general health of the populace is perhaps not as good as it should be. And so in the past 10 or 15 years, we've seen sort of a a shift in in the food paradigm. And people are now uh, putting better stuff into their bodies uh, and and, and reaping the benefits for that. And I feel like we're heading towards the same sort of shift as far as our our, our minds go. And, you know, I, I hope... Um, that there are others out there who feel the same, uh, and that we'll see more films um, that that really set a good example, um, you know, in terms of how to carry oneself through one's life. Now, granted, when I was growing up, I I, I loved to shoot 'em ups just like the next guy, but it, it wasn't until I began to recognize that perhaps the shoot 'em ups are not so good for everybody uh, that my taste changed, and and I feel like you know with like with the national diet, how people are becoming, you know, more amenable to the idea of, say, kale or whole grains or not so much processed food. Hopefully, we're getting ourselves into the position where we're willing to seek out the kinds of projects that will feed our minds as well as we're starting to feed our bodies. Well, exactly. I think it takes a balance, and I think we got out of balance. And in, in the film industry, the TV industry, there's it's it's a big industry. There's there's room for everybody, so it's, it would be nice to have some balance in there. Ab- absolutely, like like at a at a buffet line, you know, to make sure that there's a tray of of good food as well as the stuff that that tastes good that maybe maybe isn't the best for you. <laughs> exactly, and I, I'm really thrilled to see. Um, higher-end actors like yourself um, signing on to projects like this. Uh, Mark Burnett has been really active in um, bringing a, a different vision into, you know, television. Um, you know, he, he does Survivor and, and those types of reality shows, but then on the other hand, he does the Bible. And, and, and I really like to see that, that balance. I, I think everybody understands that um, people have to work and earn a living. When you're an actor, you're, you're, you're playing a, a, a part. But it doesn't always have to be like, like you were saying, that, you know, you pigeonholed into that one shoot 'em up type of thing or, uh, or, uh, uh, something that doesn't make you think that that you can go across the board and and have different parts and there's something for everybody and 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 you can play somebody like Mr. Fudge and then turn around and play someone else but 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 at least we have Mr. Fudge on the table to talk about. Yeah. No, yeah, I think I think you put it perfectly, Lori, that that, that there's got to be um, a, a certain amount of balance out there and it's and it's totally encouraging to know that there's something like this that's available for uh, for people to see. Now, getting it into wider release is where I think we need um is where we need some help from 
from the higher ups, from from the money folk, uh, who you know who who may not look at this kind of film as a real money maker. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna uh, you know it won't be a, a blockbuster for sure, but um, but if they're willing to take the risk to put it out there for people to see, uh, I think you'll find the benefits down down the road um, will be will be pretty good for you know for everybody. Well, you know, I I, I still kind of am not understanding the resistance in Hollywood, so to speak, with, with the money people um, towards kind of this genre because it has proven. I mean, look at what. Um, Mel Gibson did with Passion of the Christ. Nobody would finance that but himself, and it made a huge ton of money. Same with the Bible. Huge, huge audience um, participation for Mark Burnett in that right now. So there is an audience out there, and I, 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 so I guess not completely wrapping my mind why they're not really going for it at that executive level when and there's proven there's proven to be a, a track. If somebody like Mel Gibson can can make come up with Passion of the Christ and it make almost a billion dollars, I mean, people have got to take notice with that. Yeah, I mean that's that's a, certainly an example of of, of of a certain kind of filmmaking that that will have a, a, a wide appeal. Um, who knows? Maybe maybe we're getting closer to that be, uh, being you know more of a, a regular reality. It's, I think it's important. You know, like it's important to have hope in in in, in that direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you know, Hell and Mr. Fudge is a is a perfect example of something uh, you know that that probably wouldn't have been made so easily, so readily, uh, you know, twenty thirty years ago. Um, but uh, thankfully, uh, with the with the advancements we've made in technology, uh, and uh, and I don't know, you know, there was something about this film that just sort of. Uh, it was sort of destined uh, to be made. It, it, things fell into place in a wonderful manner uh, out there in Athens, Alabama. And and, and Jeff Wood and, and Pat Arabito, they they really they put together a terrific project for not a lot of money. And uh, you know I, I don't think I'm uh, speaking out of school when I say that, um, but we were we were fortunate to have a, a really good script and to have a terrific cast. Uh, you know we we we, caught, we put together a, a really good bunch of, of folks who. Uh, you know, who, who found the material something. You know, I, I feel like people are thirsty for this sort of thing. And and I know uh, that, uh, you know, to a man or a woman, uh, all the actors uh, involved with the project were really, really glad to have something like this uh, to sink their teeth into, uh, which is maybe not the best uh, <laughs> allegory to use uh, <laughs> along with thirst, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> forgive me. No, that's I, I think you're right. I think the timing really is perfect for this right now. I don't think it, it, it could come out at a at a better time. People are, are ready for this kind of thing. There's an audience for this um genre uh, across the board in the mainstream. Not not just, you know, right wing or fundamentalist or anything like that. I mean I think the mainstream is is ready for this. Yeah. And yeah, I think to, uh, the timing could not be better. From from your lips to the distributor's ears. <laughs> well, um, let's talk about a couple of your castmates because I watched the, the trailer and there was a really great chemistry between you and Carrie Lynn. Well, that was incredible fortune. Carrie Lynn is an is a very very talented actress and uh, and and she like I recognized that this was a terrific part for an actor to play, uh, and we just uh, we just hit it off. You know we. Um, we come from completely different places, but I think we both found an appreciation for the types of people 
that Edward and Sarah Fay are. Uh, and uh, thankfully, you know, what was on the page was uh, was easy to play. I, I feel uh, between two people who uh, who were fond of each other. You know, we uh, we, we we got along pretty well. She's 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 a lot of fun. She's a firecracker. Um, and I think I think that was uh, part of the, the chemistry that we that the two of us had. Um, but she's also a professional, uh, and that was was really terrific. You know, we did we did a fair bit of rehearsing in our off time, um, which I think was really helpful uh, when it came time to shoot. Uh, but you know, it's it's just one of those things where the two you know two people who had you know sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes people uh, people work well together, and uh, Carrie Lynn and I were an example of that. And also, you know, she's. She, she she makes she makes whomever she's in the scene with better, uh, and and that was uh, fortunate as well. We we had a good time. Well, it it just seemed like that everybody just it, it just gelled when, when I was watching the trailer and 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 the clips that that I'd been sent. It just it just felt natural, you know. It it just. You, you were there in the period. You were there at the place that was all happening. It just. It, it just felt like we were really right there watching it take place, and you just did an amazing job, amazing job. Oh, cheers. Thank you, thank you. Well, I had I had a lot of help. I mean, it's a testament to um, to the quality of the script uh, and, and to, um, you know, the enthusiasm of all the people that were working on it. Uh, everybody sort of had a feeling when we showed up for work that this was an opportunity to do something really good. And uh, and even though we, you know, we had a, a relatively limited schedule and we, we had to hurry, um, things things worked out pretty well. We had a, we had a, 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 a crew that um, that was sort of split between people who had worked on a bunch of stuff before and uh, and were you know seasoned professionals and folks who hadn't worked on much but were incredibly enthusiastic. And that combination worked out rather well. I think I think the enthusiasm that the folks who were relatively new to um, the movie industry uh, translated uh, to the cast in a lot of ways and and it and it sort of gave us. Um, you know, you can get jaded. It's possible to get jaded in this business. And the enthusiasm we felt from the folks that were uh, locals from Athens uh, or the uh, you know the area uh, really uh, translated well to us uh, from out of town. And of course, you know, uh, Jeff Wood is a professional uh, who did a fantastic mm-hmm. job of having having a vision all the way through. You know, there, there were a couple of days where we, where I, I I thought, gosh, did, did we get enough for that scene? Did we get all the coverage we needed for that scene? And you know, I, I I shouldn't have second guessed the man because it it, it he knew exactly which shots he needed uh, for every sequence, and and it's you know really well put together. I, I was just amazed when I saw who all had signed on for this for this movie. Um, not only yourself, but Jeff Wood, who's you know his everybody knows Jeff Wood's name, and um, there was just one after after another that was just very familiar, and I was really, again, just thrilled to see the quality of actors and and uh, people in the industry that rallied around this project. It was it was just thrilling to yeah, to Craig, see that kind of talent. Uh, Craig, Craig Campobasso, the, uh, the 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 casting director, deserves a real nod uh, because to uh, to a man and woman, every every single part. Uh, in the picture was cast wonderfully. It was it was just the the right person for each part, and uh, and all very talented actors, and and that makes that makes a big difference uh, in, in in the long run. <clears throat> and I, I think we were we were pretty lucky in that respect. So uh, hats off to Craig. Mm-hmm, definitely, definitely. Well, um, 
I wanted just to remind people there's a Facebook page, um, Helen Mr. Fudge Movie. They can go to HelenMrFudge.com or HelenMrFudge.org and find out more information and kind of stay in step with the distribution of this film. We really want it to get out there to the masses because it's a quality, quality film. It has a great message. And we have a variety of junk that we can put into our system on a daily basis, and I do. I am a reality TV nut. Let me tell you, I am I am as as, as bad as they come when it comes to TV. But I I do really really like good stuff too. So I do like to feed my soul every now and then, and and have something different to to watch. Um, but I watch it all. You know, I'm I'm no snob when it comes to TV. I'll watch about anything. So. But it's nice to have a variety of things to watch. Indeed, indeed. And this and this film, you know, if people have the opportunity to, to, to see it, they'll find that, you know, not only is there um, a great deal of information about, um, about you know, what the Bible actually says uh, about the nature of hell, um, which, you know, I think for some people, you know, may, may be sort of surprising, the stuff that Edward Fudge uncovered uh, and, and studied out, you know, really in, in investigated thoroughly. Um, and not only not only that, it, it's a terrific story about um, the love that exists within the family, the Fudge family. Uh, you know, looking after one another and uh, and having having faith in one another and and faith in oneself. And so I, I think I think it's inspirational in a lot of different ways. And you know, you're probably going to learn something because uh, I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, life is just. I, I, I just try to refer to it as just this human experience that, you know, we're all just kind of on this short little journey having these different human experiences. And it is great to learn things along the way. Um, and sometimes they're good things and sometimes they're bad things. But it's certainly a lot easier for us when they're, when they're good things. And that's Indeed. what I liked about Edward Fudge. He, he, he was able... His experience was good and bad, but he was able to live it and then share it with us. So we didn't really have to experience the negativity that he was going through at that time. We're reliving yeah. it through him. But it was a, it's really a full circle moment for him because it came around and he's kind of, and Pat and I talked about this in the first half hour, about him kind of being redeemed because it wasn't an easy experience for him at that time. Just like a lot of us, we don't have easy experiences. So they're painful to go through. But now Certainly it's coming full circle for him. Yeah, there. I think you know there are people throughout history that that carry a load for um, a, a great deal of other people, and I think you know I think Edward Fudge is is one of those folks, and it's just you know uh, you know fate or destiny or, or you know call it what you like you know, um, but he's he's just one of those people in life that um, that that you know that that carries a load for a great a great number of other folks, and 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 does. You know, does the work that's necessary in order to come to a conclusion that not just he, but a great deal of other people can benefit from, and 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 mm -hmm. we're fortunate to have those folks in our lives. And and you know, as as an experience for an actor, it was it was quite quite lucky for me. Um, but not only that, just as a as a human being on this planet, to be exposed to Mr. Fudge's teachings. Um, is, is something is something that you know I will carry with me the rest of my life, and I, I think I think there's an opportunity um, for a lot of people to take a great deal from this film. Uh, we certainly put Absolutely. a great deal into it, and and the amount that we put into the film is 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 minuscule compared to the amount that Edward put in to the studies, uh, you know, that, that and 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 to and to living the life that he he's lived. 
Um, and it's it's really we're we're the beneficiaries of it, and and there's a debt of gratitude I think that I know I, I sort of feel towards Edward, and and I'm I'm grateful uh, I'm grateful for having him in my life. Well, absolutely, and I am just thrilled that that this story is able to get out because there are a lot of heroes like you were saying earlier out there, and their stories never get told. But th- this is an opportunity for this story to get to 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 be told, and then the rest of us benefit from that. I, I wanted to tell you um, one thing before I let you go. We can then want to talk about your mom for just a minute. You know, uh, I oh. had the, your mom on the show a couple of weeks ago. What a wonderful, wonderful lady. I mean, one of the kindest, funniest um, women I've ever had the pleasure of, uh, of you know, speaking with. Just a, a kind soul. Yeah, she's a delight. I got, uh, I, I, I've said for many years that I, I, I hit the jackpot with Terrence and, uh, and uh, she's she's a really you know she's she's another one um, who has 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 lived has carried a heavy load for for a number of people and the experiences that she's you know that she went through in her life that she was willing to share with other people have been um, very beneficial to to a, a great number and so I, I you know I I I really did hit the, hit the jackpot she's a lot of fun and I'll add this she's a fantastic cook oh really yes she is she is. <laughs> Well, I want to tell you this about, I don't even know, I, I guess I'll say it on the air. Um, but uh, um, her fans, okay, I've interviewed so many people, everybody all, all over the spectrum. Justin mm-hmm. Bieber fans have a reputation of being, like, the best, craziest fans in on the planet, okay? Right. I will go on record. Right now, that the Patty Duke fans give the Justin Bieber fans a run for their money. And if there was a celebrity death match of fans between the Bieber fans and the Patty Duke fans, it'd be very close. Because you know, never. Saying, I, go ahead. No, I was I was going to say I could think of the perfect guy to produce that show. <laughs> That'd be Mark Burnett. <laughs> it would be Mark Burnett, and I will say, never, never have I had the response. Um, from fans, like I did when I interviewed your mom, it is just well, was just off the chart. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, she, you know, she, she she lived her life as 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 an open book for a long, long time, and then she wrote a book um, wherein she was uh, incredibly candid about some of the tougher experiences that she had. And I think I think that sort of uh, honesty and openness with folks is incredibly endearing. And I think that a lot of people found themselves um, found it very easy to identify with a great number of her life experiences, you know, um, and and that that sort of connection is incredibly incredibly valuable. And it, so it doesn't it doesn't uh, surprise me um, uh, to hear you you say that in in, in a lot of ways. Uh, <clears throat> although I don't know, man, the Bieber fans they, they might they might have the age advantage. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is true. That is true. But I, I will tell you, they're very, very loyal, and 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 rightfully so, because I found her uh, Anna to be just a very um, beautiful, beautiful spirit, having this human experience. And I, I was just thrilled to, um, to to have her on, and and she was the one who introduced us to this to this film and made us aware of it. And, and I'm just really happy to be able to bring that. Uh, to, to other people. So thank you, McKenzie, for coming on. I I really appreciate it. Hey, the pleasure was mine. I I I, I enjoyed it, and 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 you know, like you said, I'm glad that we're you know um, 
exposing this film to as many people as possible. And he, I uh, also uh, should say thanks to my mom for giving me this opportunity. <laughs> well, um, she, she's just a great person. I really enjoyed my time with you. I, I knew I would just from our, we had a, a little bit of interaction uh, before you actually coming on, and I, I just found you to be very uh, approachable and down to earth, and, and I just uh, appreciate that, and I just wish you the best of luck with this film. I'm just going to keep encouraging people to get out and see it. Well, thanks, Lori. It takes one to know one. It really does. So, I, you know, I, I, I feel the same way about you. Well, the next time you're in Seattle, you'll have to give me a call, and uh, and uh, I, I don't know what we'll do, but we, we'd do something fun. <laughs> we'll figure something out. Maybe we'll go see a movie. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Mackenzie. Ha- have a great day, and thanks for coming on. I will indeed. Thank you, Lori. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, that was Mackenzie Aston. You all know him, um, the son of legendary film actress Patty Duke and film actor John Aston. Just a very, very nice guy. I encourage everybody to get out to the movie, Helen Mr. Fudge. You can go to HelenMrFudge.com or .org. They also have a Facebook page.